Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Monday, September 26th, an incredible Sunday of football. I know you watched it. Rob G., Got off his trip from Hawaii just in time to see his Raiders fall to 0-3, the only winless team in the league. But it was a uh, it was a hell of a Sunday. Saturday, college football was actually kind of good. Not good for the uh, bankroll there. Uh, rough picks, but Sunday was awesome in the NFL. I just an outstanding day. I don't know about you guys, but you know when you sit around and watch football for going on about eight or nine hours on Sundays, it's good to get out of the house and do something in the morning, something active. Active, so I went and go went and played volleyball with some buddies. Great workout. Get home, shower at the computer just in time to lock in for the Jets to get their butts kicked. Um, no surprise there. Looks like the the Joe Flacco return is over. Zach Wilson slated to return next week against Pittsburgh, but I think we got to start the podcast not bashing the Raiders. I thought about bashing Russell Wilson and the unwatchable Denver Broncos, but I think we'll get to the AFC West shortly. I. <sighs> I cannot recall a time, a Sunday in the last three years, where we saw Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lose, Josh Allen and the Bills lose, and Tom Brady and the Bucks go down. Now, Tom Brady went down at home 
The Bills lost in Miami. We'll get to that. The Chiefs lost really stuck in me because I had in Survivor, you know, the big uh, Survivor pool that I'm in, I had Vikings and Chiefs. And there was like an eight-minute span where I was like, well, I'm losing both of them. It was a late switch for me, Cincinnati to KC, foolish maneuver. Bengals rolled by Jets. But Kansas City should have won that game. And I don't know if you guys saw it. Patrick Mahomes got into a little tiff, uh, a disagreement, shall we say, with Eric Bieniemy at the end of the first half. And then the Chiefs kind of looked inept in the second half. It, it was just a weird showing. Indianapolis had no business winning that game. Kansas City was awful on special teams. They called one of the worst fake field goals I've seen in, in a couple years. When it's like, why are you doing a fake field goal when you could just, I don't know, have Pat Mahomes run a play? And then they missed a field goal. You know, they lost their kicker to injury. And the Colts averaged 3.8 yards per play. They could not move the football. KC drove into the red zone three times and got three points. Like, that's just unacceptable. And what kills me about this game, and I'm opening with the Chiefs also because it was it was my only loss in the uh, $4 million gambling contest, a 4-1, and one, up to 10-5. and five. Very excited. But the awful whistle on Chris Jones. So Matt Ryan drops back to pass. Chris Jones sacks him. It was third and seven. It's like a minus 10 yards. As they're getting up, Chris Jones and Matt Ryan are talking trash. You see they're right in each other's faces saying stuff. Ref throws the whistle, uh, throws the flag, blows the whistle. Unsportsmanlike on Chris Jones, 15 yards. And it's just like, are you kidding me? No pushing, no touching. Andy, Andy Reid was not happy. Uh, he said, it looked like two guys talking to each other. I guess my best advice is don't talk. And he was stern. He was not happy. And, of course, the Colts go down, score the game-winning touchdown like eight plays later. And it was like they did not deserve that. The Chiefs are still good, but you could see, like, I mean, really? 17 points against the Colts defense? It's not good? That got run over by Jacksonville? And we will talk about Jacksonville. But when you watch that Col- uh, the Chiefs lose, and then at the same time, the Buffalo Bills, who are an offensive juggernaut and love to blow teams out, anytime they get in a close game, it's like McDermott is rattled and doesn't know what to do. Rob, I don't know if you saw this. Buffalo ran 90 plays in the heat. Miami ran 39. Buffalo had 497 yards. They moved up and down the field, and they just could not convert. Josh Allen threw 63 passes, most of anybody this season. The Bills can't run the football. Josh Allen's doing everything. He took so many hits in that Miami game. At the end of the game, I don't know if you guys saw this, but him and Tua kind of hugged. And, you know, Tua's looking fresh. You know, he did take a knock and it looked like a concussion, and then he came back, which was a little puzzling. But Josh Allen looked straight-up gassed. He was, like, leaning on Tua. And, of course, he's, like, 6'5 and towers over him. But Josh Allen looked as spent as I've seen a quarterback this season. He was exhausted. And you know what? Miami basically did nothing. They had two drives in the entire game that were more than 25 yards, and Miami still got the win. It was a weird Sunday, one that you can't draw all these sweeping conclusions. I know we love overreaction Monday. But there will be no sweeping conclusions here. It's obvious. The Buffalo Bills, close games. It was their kryptonite last year. And here they are in one close game this year. They can't execute in the red zone. Josh Allen misses a fourth down pass. They get that gift uh, butt punt where Miami, pounding out of its own end zone, punts it off their snappers or blockers butt, and it's a safety. Crazy play. Mark Sanchez had a funny tweet about it. Um and they still can't deliver on the final drive. McKenzie, 
um, gets tackled and they couldn't get the playoff. I, I have a rant about that, but I don't think Rob will let me fire it because I think there was a third big story with the Bills going down and the Chiefs going down, and I think Tom Brady and Tampa losing. We're starting to understand some things about teams, guys, and I think I, I know Rob has a big uh, hot take on the Tampa Bay Bucks, but right now they are so injured that they just can't play offensive football. They they cannot move the football. They are beyond inept. They have three offensive touchdowns in three games. That's it. Now the Packers defense is real good, and the Bucks defense is excellent. And this was an unwatchable game. Like two of the best games of the day should have been classics: Packers, Bucks, Niners, uh, Broncos, and they were borderline unwatchable. Like Falcon Seahawks was way better than both those games. Now I. As you guys told you guys on Cowherd Show, I had my biggest bet of the season so far. I said it on the podcast Friday. On the Falcons, they get the dub on the road. Thank you, Marcus Mariota. That game was fun. But in terms of like narrative and discussion and what people care about, I, I don't think people care that much about that. I think Tom Brady throwing to a guy they got off the street literally five days ago in Cole Beasley. And he didn't just target him once. Like, Four, four targets for Cole Beasley. <laughs> I mean, the guy was on his sofa 10 days ago, you know? And now he's catching passes from Tom Brady uh, in a loss to the Packers. And I, I don't want to, like, go overboard on Tampa. I still think they're good. But my takeaway, and again, it's just three weeks at this juncture. And you're going to laugh because you're going to say, oh, Jason, come on. The playoff game last year. I think the Eagles are the number one team in the NFC right now. Every game that's been a challenge for them, I know they didn't put away Detroit in the opener, but game two, Minnesota. Minnesota was supposed to be good. Minnesota looked good taking down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the opener, and they throttle Kirk Cousins. So then they come out, oh, well, it's a short week. It's a rivalry game against Washington. It's Carson Wentz, a return game, and Washington can score. And Washington did nothing. It was 24-2 to late into the fourth quarter. Philadelphia is very real, guys. This team looks super good. I did hype them up. I said there's potential for them to be the number one seed. They had nine sacks of Carson Wentz. And a crazy stat I saw somewhere, seven of them were just rushing four. No blitz at all. I think that tells you the Washington offensive line is kind of bad. But, I mean, Washington can't do anything right. Um, McLaurin had a good game, but Jahan Dotson totally locked down. And, and again, we've seen A.J. Smith, uh, I'm sorry, not A.J. Smith, A.J. Brown go off. We've seen Jalen Hurts go off. This was a Devontae Smith game. Eight catches, buck 69, and a touchdown. 12 targets. They can beat you so many ways. And I know Hurt. it's going to come down to Hurts. Can he make plays against a good defense when it, when, uh, when it gets to the playoffs? And actually this week, Rob G, is going to be a very tough one for the Eagles as they will be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, the upstart Jags, who we love. Now, I did love them more last year, and Urban Meyer screwed me. I liked them this year. I didn't know they would be able to go into, go into SoFi and beat the hell out of the Chargers 38-10. But I, I, my big takeaway three weeks in, I think the Eagles, real deal, number one team in the NFC, not just because of their record, but the defense is incredible. The offensive line is healthy. They can beat you so many ways. And right now, AFC, I've got some questions, guys. Rob? starting with your Raiders, who are the only winless team in the league. And I think I've said that now three times, right? Yeah, it's kind of a dick move by you, Jason, to keep I bringing to that up. I you returning from vacation. Yeah, man. I mean, as look, 
I, I will take some solace in saying that once the Josh McDaniels hire was made, I was vehemently against it. I said that I, I did not like the hire. I, I We talked many times on this podcast about the Belichick coaching tree producing nothing but poisonous apples. And not only did they go to that tree again, they went to the guy who was fired from his previous job for cheating. So he couldn't even do that right. Oh, I mean, are you going to are you going to reference the owner calling Josh McDaniels into a glass office after the game and chewing him out? Allegedly chewing. Him I mean, out. it's kind of a power move. You think about it because it's a glass office where people can see inside and you know that it's a private meeting. Yeah. So, you know, well, uh, it, it wasn't even McDaniels in a side office. It was one that people could see that it was a private meeting. So that's kind of it. McDaniels came to the press conference and he looked a little like he got chewed out. You know, he looked like a kid who got reamed out by a teacher and was a little a little embarrassed. I mean, listen, that defense, Rob, it, Ryan Tannehill could not move the football the first two weeks. Could not. They shredded the defense. There was guys running wide open all over the place. Guys I've never heard of, because I don't really pay attention much to Tennessee. But you had to be pulling your hair out, watching them just give up these chunk plays. I mean, it wasn't just the kid Burks, the rookie, They've got these receivers who, I, I, honestly, I don't know these dudes. I'm look. I'm looking in the box score. Uh, Jeff Swaim, uh, Derek Henry had a couple big plays. Robert Woods, nice to see him. Uh, Nick Westbrook Ikahini, I, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I, Rob, it was just you, you got to be kind of crushed right now. Yeah, I mean, I will say this about the defense: the defense was horrible in the first half on Sunday. But what they have done in each of the last three games, even though they've all been losses, is they've had one absolutely dominant defensive half in each game. The, it was the second half against the Chargers, the first half against the Cardinals, and the second half here against the uh, Titans. The problem is those other opposite halves in each game, they got shredded in each one. And that, to me, points to coaching. One thing is clear with Josh McDaniels. You just watched by the body language of the players. He does not inspire any kind of confidence whatsoever on that roster. Yeah. Darren Waller dropped two touchdowns on Sunday. Oh. Just he, he, flat out rough, dropped man. him. Yeah. And, and he, he didn't look like he was playing hard, to be honest with you, for most of the game. Devontae Adams, who is a quiet guy. That's harsh. You know, generally, he's a, he's a quiet guy. You, you don't, he doesn't talk a lot. doesn't kind of let his game do the talking. I don't know how many times that they showed him on the uh, Fox broadcast where he just looked visibly frustrated, just yanking at his, his uh, chin strap. Because their game plan, despite having the best wide receiver in the game, one of the most athletic tight ends, a massive size mismatch on the opposite with Mac Collins, who had a big game. They were refusing to stretch the field in any kind of way. It was nothing but short passes, and the running game was working, and they would decide not to go to it. They, and, the, and then the other thing that people don't even talk about, I, I didn't talk about it last week because I wasn't here, you know, I was on vacation. Derek Carr said in a media availability about a week ago that Josh McDaniels does not want him audibling out of plays. <laughs> he said, hey, I draw the play up. It's up to you to read it the way it's supposed to be done. Here's your first read, second read, third read. Run it that way. Sounds he, like fun, Rob. And I then, would love to quarterback. <laughs> and, and after the first game, when you know the the offensive line, which got blown up by Bosa and Mag, remember that week one, they asked Derek Carr, "Well, hey, are you going to start scrambling a little bit more? You know, get out of traffic. Get you know, what can you do to avoid the pass rush?" And he says, and Josh McDaniel confirms in his own availability, "Well, Josh doesn't really want me to escape the pocket. He wants me to win from the pocket." So 
it's not so much that number one, he doesn't inspire confidence, but number two, he has this thing about him where he doesn't just want to win Josh McDaniels. He wants to win his way. And that is so frustrating to watch because there, there's so many things that you can see, even though we're not former NFL players or coaches, or GMs, whatever, but you and I watch enough football, talk to enough people where we kind of, we know it a little bit and it's like, Hey, when you run the ball, you're getting four or five yards of carry. Why don't you do that more often? Hey, you have the best wide receiver in football. Why don't you scheme something to get him the ball? No, I, I, I want to do it this way. And it's just by the way, did you notice uh, like the end of the game? They didn't even he wasn't even looking Devontae Adams way. It was all Mac Hollins, who I'm not that familiar with. <laughs> uh, I, I bet he's rostered in like one percent of leagues in fantasy. Um, I mean, he did catch a fourth and fifteen bomb to extend the game, and then caught the touchdown pass. I mean, he looked like Randy Moss on the on the touchdown reception, uh, but then they couldn't get the two pointer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com, and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'll say this: they've lost three games by a combined five, then six, and two. Okay, eventually they're going to win some of these close games. Um, And the better news, Rob, is despite the loss, the Chiefs go down, the Chargers get smacked, and Denver looks totally unimpressive. So they haven't totally lost ground. It's not like the season's over at 0-3, and we know the wild card eventually, you know, the tables will turn. But, you know, Rob, up next, Denver followed by the Chiefs. And the Chiefs game is in Kansas City at night which Mahomes is basically indestructible. I would say in terms of must win, they have to beat Denver at home on Sunday. And I think you and I have pretty much closely watched Denver's first three games. I loved Russell Wilson. I loved the move. But with as bad as the Chargers have been, and I think Brandon Staley's probably closer to the hot seat than he he even thinks he is. I mean, he's throwing out his quarterback on broken cartilage in his ribs. And the guy threw like 45 passes and was still in the game down like 28 points with like eight minutes left and throwing and taking hits. Like, does Staley want to get fired? Because honestly, if they miss the playoffs, he's gone. There's no way they're keeping him for a third year. Not with this quarterback and not with this roster. So AFC West, which was supposed to be the greatest division basically ever, when you got Mahomes Hall of Famer, Russell Wilson Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. Don't deny it. Justin Herbert, incredible. Derek Carr, very, very good. Like, three of the four lost, and the Raiders are 0-3, but they're not by any stretch out of it. They just have to absolutely beat the Broncos next week. Now, the division next week, also the Chiefs play Tom Brady in what obviously will be one of the best games of the week. Um, Chiefs should have success against that defense if their offense is any good, right? Andy Reid... This is going to be a, the matchup, right? I mean, that Tampa front is has been dominant. I can't. Green Bay could not run the football. And next thing I look up, and Aaron Rodgers is shredding the secondary. Alan Lazard had a nice game. Ken Mahomes with Juju Smith-Schuster and Nicole Hardman and these guys. Can they, if they beat Brady and go three and one, and say the Raiders win and the you know Broncos lose and the Chargers don't have an easy one? This AFC West, was, they were supposed to be like, oh, three teams over 500. Chargers go to Houston. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. I tweeted this out. I've already bet two games this week. Jacksonville getting six-and—I'm uh, sorry, not Jacksonville. Houston getting six-and-a-half against the Chargers is one of them. Okay? 
the Chargers injuries. Now, this is more good news if you're uh, not a Chargers fan. So I made a list of the guys that are injured for the Chargers. First of all, they did not have their top receiver, Keenan Allen. They did not have their starting center, Corey Lindsley. And they did not have their expensive cornerback, J.C. Jackson, who's one of the top guys in the league at his position. Then they lose Bosa in the first half. They lose Slater to injury. And then their best run-stopping linebacker, Kenneth Murray, he also got hurt. And oh, by the way, your quarterback has broken rib cartilage. You're telling me if they go to Houston with all some or all of these guys out, I don't care how good Justin Herbert is. He ain't beating the Texans. And by the way, Davis Mills, bad on the road, as we saw. Thank you. Losing to Chicago. Thank you for that bad interception with like a minute left in a tie game and deep in your own end. It was tip, but Roquan Smith came up with the pick. And the Bears beat the Texans. Davis Mills historically has been awful on the road and good at home. And I will never forget. I'll be on my deathbed, and you can ask me NFL questions, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I was almost a winner in that survivor pool, and I had the Chargers in 2021, and they lost to the Texans. They got embarrassed by the Texans. <laughs> they lost by, like, 20. And I can see the Texans being a problem in this game. And Brandon Staley, dude, I, I, this is a huge I, – I, I think – you look around the league, listen, there's a lot of pressure on some teams. I don't know if anybody has more pressure, Rob than Brandon Staley this week for the Chargers. You cannot lose this game to Houston and fall to one and three. You just can't. Absolutely. And, and you know, I know a few people around the Chargers because they're based in Los Angeles, so it just happens that way. I've heard from multiple people around the team who have said, if they don't make the playoffs to your point this season, he's gone immediately. Because this is supposed to be the best team that they're going to have for the foreseeable future. It's the perfect storm where you have the quarterback on the rookie deal where you can afford to pay everybody else. Because eventually, Herbert's extension is going to have to come in. It's going to bid an obscene amount of money. I'm assuming it's going to be a fully guaranteed type deal whenever it's his turn to get paid. You're not going to be able to have a Keenan Allen and a Mike Williams level wide receivers. You're not going to be able to have a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa. It's going to be like one or the other on each side of the ball. So to your point, absolutely. This is definitely a must win for the Chargers. And the Chargers, for whatever reason, and, and this isn't even a Brandon Staley thing. It's kind of just a Chargers thing. They can look like the best team in football or one of the best teams in football one week and look like one of the worst the next week. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how that's possible when you have a roster that loaded with talent. Maybe it's the injuries. Maybe it's bad luck, whatever it is. But... I don't understand that team. Like, that's just one I don't get. You know, there, there's good teams and there's bad teams. And you're like, hey, I can tell you why this team's bad. I'm the Raiders' offensive line's not great. The coaching's not good. You know, Buffalo's got an, off, uh, an awesome quarterback and the defense is really solid. So I understand why they're good. I don't understand the Chargers. Yeah, I, I don't they, know what you're, it, you're not, other you're not than Justin Herbert. I don't, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what they are. That's that's a thing that I've tried to drill home to my kids. You're not good until you're consistent. And I would, I mean, same thing applies to me in this podcast. I wasn't good at the daily podcast uh, when we started this, what, three years ago? And this, I got into a consistent, is it three years? It's going on. This is the third year, yeah. Third year, yeah. Uh, once you get into a groove and a rhythm and start to understand what works and what doesn't, finding your voice, it, it just takes a while. And 
I think this applies to not only Brandon Staley and the Chargers, but Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Like, they got no preseason action. They had a new head coach, new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. Nobody else was dealing with all that. And they, and they just they can't do anything offensively. They're unwatchable. Tampa Bay, you know, they were missing um, Donovan Smith. They were down, I think, three receivers. And still, Tom Brady's got him in the mix. Like, they're going to be super dangerous down the road once everybody's healthy. Now, if if they're able to somehow convince Gronk to come back, then it's like, okay, I can see, you know, Tampa best in the NFC. But um, I, I'm still, for now, sticking with Eagles atop. Now, uh, two other teams that I we need to drill down on briefly, Rob, is this Mac Jones high ankle sprain. Um for the Patriots. It sounds like that can be a two to four week injury, maybe longer. Brian Hoyer is the backup. I, I, you, again, it, this is all fresh. It just happened yesterday. You, you look at stuff like the Patriots in the first two, three weeks, the defense uncharacteristically getting torched. Um, like, Lamar Jackson was incredible. Now, Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP candidate, but I saw a stat that they blitzed him on 49% of his dropbacks. Last year, the kryptonite on Lamar was, hey, you got to go with the zero blitz. Remember, Miami uh, put the blueprint out there. He can't read defenses. One of the knocks on him coming up in the draft, oh, he can't. he's not good at the whiteboard, you know, he, you know, all that nonsense. So they tried to blitz Lamar Jackson. The Patriots did, and he threw three touchdowns against the blitz. And remember, last week, the Miami Dolphins tried the exact same thing against Lamar, and he threw four touchdowns against the Blitz. According to one of these uh, advanced stats websites, Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback against the Blitz through three weeks this season. So, Rob, I know the Ravens are only 2-1, and one, but Lamar looks like an MVP candidate. The Ravens had scored the most points in the NFL. And... Lamar Jackson's, what's the line from the wire? The price today, is it what it was yesterday? Is that what it was? Yeah, something like today's, yesterday's price is not today's price, something yes, like that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Lamar's price is going up. I don't care what the Ravens say. Like, he looks incredible. He's winning from the pocket. Oh, by the way, he also had 100 yards rushing again. You know, he's just like, okay, I'm going to drop back and carve you up. And and we can knock uh, Rashad Bateman for dropping a touchdown. I know, I know you guys saw that. Um. He's throwing to Rashad Bateman. I know Mark Andrews is a really, really good tight end. But imagine if the Ravens got him a weapon the way Jalen Hurts got Brown or Tua got Tyreek Hill. You know? Can you imagine? Lamar's right now. I I don't know. I mean, again, it's early. Three weeks. We're not even at the quarter mark. Uh, Can you have a quarter mark in a 17-game season? I, I guess technically not. But Lamar, to me, looks like an MVP candidate. And next week, Lamar Josh Allen. I, I think that's one of the best games of the week. Week four is incredible. There is a, a game in London. I believe it is, is involves the Saints, who had a couple injuries of their own in what was a bad loss. I, how do you lose it? Friggin' Baker Mayfield and, and the Panthers. But um, So, Rob, I, I know we don't need to go through every game, but is there any others that you think we need to talk about, any other massive storylines? I think this Mac Jones injury... Ultimately, I think we start to talk about, you know, what does Bill Belichick want to do with the rest of his with the rest of his career? Seriously, uh, they made the playoffs last year and lost by a million in the first round. They're not a playoff team this year. They do not have the defense. I mean, they 
They squeak by Pittsburgh. They lose to Miami. They lose to Baltimore. Now they lose their quarterback. Brian Hoyer ain't getting you guys home. I'm sorry. And now you start looking at Belichick going on. What, what year is this without Brady? He had Cam Newton for a year. He had this is year three. Mac Jones. And now he's got Mac Jones again. And now I believe he's 18 and 20 or 19 and 20 in the games without Tom Brady. And I think I asked the question. Uh, Kevin Clark talked about it here on the podcast. Over, under, playoff wins for Belichick the rest of his career. And I said one and a half. I, I think you got to smash the under. Honestly, like, this is not a playoff team in the AFC. He's lost his quarterback. What's Belichick hanging around for? I, I just don't get it, Rob. I don't understand what Belichick is doing. It just doesn't make sense to me just sticking around here for a bad team. Just go enjoy retirement, man. Um, any other big storylines? Underdogs were barking again, Rob. 9-4-1 and one against the spread. Last week they were 9-3-1. and one. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, step all over the rest of the week's podcast, but one underdog, I'm already looking ahead to week four. And this goes to my bigger takeaway overall from week three here. The Buccaneers plus two and a half on Sunday, Sunday night football against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I like the Bucs in that one outright. Ooh. And this goes to my bigger point. I think t- you mentioned it briefly. These Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know that they are inept offensively. They look terrible. They, to me, are going to win the NFC. I'm going out on a limb right now. I, even though my Super Bowl pick oh, was yeah, big, big, big what, limb there. What, what, my Super Bowl pick <laughs> was Chiefs Packers before the season started. I'm pivoting week three, you know, heading into week four. Tom Brady's going to be back there again because that defense is elite. Hmm. Again, say what you want about the offense. It's been bad. Only 17 points a game. The defense is giving up nine points a game through three weeks. Yeah. Well, they hold on. Who'd they face? Uh, Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. In week two, Dak Aaron Rodgers in week three and Dak Prescott. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't think those are three great offenses this season. But I but I that's mean, fine. Look, they, they've given up defense. three touchdowns in three games, and they've scored one of their own. Okay, they forced eight turnovers. They're they're giving up about thirty percent conversion rate on third down. This defense is elite. They're good. Okay, right. they're they're right. going yeah. to be in a lot of low scoring games, which is why I think, you know, even this Sunday, everyone's going to be so excited about the Chiefs because they love Pat Mahomes and he's great. But they have not been good, great offensively. They've been good. They've not been great offensively since Week One against the Cardinals. The Chargers slowed them down. The Colts slowed them down. This Tampa Bay defense will slow them down again. And they should. They sh- well, I think they will. Sure. I, I, well, relative to what you consider slowing down Pat Mahomes. I think Super Bowl revenge game yeah, for Patrick <laughs> right. Mahomes. But no? again, I think this defense is legit. It's going to carry the day for at least the first half of the season. Mike Evans will be back next week from suspension. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin will eventually be back um, Maybe. in a couple <laughs> I mean, of weeks. That guy's always hurt. <laughs> I think the offensive line will gel because it is a lot of replacement parts. And... We saw uh, Russell Gage step up. We saw Brashad Perriman step up in the last few weeks. Someone is going to step up as that third receiving option. And you're going to find yourself in December saying, holy shit, I don't want to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. 
because yep. that Whoever defense is gonna hot. it's gonna be really stifling, and Tom Brady's gonna have his full arsenal of weapons. The offense is gonna be clicking just enough to where I think they're gonna be the most dangerous out in the postseason in either conference. And it's why I'm picking them to be back in the Super Bowl. So next week, uh, 10 a.m. Before we get to the best bet for Monday Night Football, next week, 10 a.m. Jacksonville, uh, Philly, 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. That's a really good game, right? Yes. Um, then you've got Buffalo, Baltimore, also at 10 a.m. So red zone's going to be popping. In the afternoon, only three games. One of them is your Raiders. The other is Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Hoyer. That game suddenly becomes crap. And then Arizona, Carolina, not exactly incredible football. All right, let's get to the best bet. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Oh, I forgot. Before I get to Monday Night Football, I mentioned that I have two bets that I'm already in for week four. So one of them was the Texans getting six and a half at home against the Chargers, given the Chargers injuries. I don't think any they're in shape to be six and a half point favorites over anybody. The other one is the Thursday night football game. It is Miami traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bengals were two and a half last night, and I took them. And it's pretty basic here. When you looked at that Bills-Dolphins game, the Bills' offense ran 90 plays. Miami's defense was exhausted from being on the field. They were drained. Let's be real. They they got dragged up and down the field by Josh Allen. They were on the field for 90 plays they got basically shredded, and now they have to face the Bengals offense, which I don't want to say the Bengals figured things out against the Jets, but the Bengals very clearly said, we're not going to try to force this run stuff. We're going to play to our strengths, and it was the Joe Burrow show. And T. Higgins had a big game. I know he got a concussion. I think it's his second of the season already. He did recover. Um, Tyler Boyd had a nice game. But again, the Jets' safety stink. Miami does have some injuries that are worth monitoring, and I think Trey Hendrickson can can have some uh, a strong game against what I think is a uh, overrated Miami offensive line. Tua did get dinged up a bit, so the Thursday night game already taken um, Bengals and laid the two and a half. But for Monday night football, you got to keep going with the primetime unders, right? I mean, you kind of you kind of have to. Do you see that Sunday night football game? I mean, come on, for whatever reason, primetime unders this season seven and two. 7-2 against the spread, and some of them are, like, automatic, easy. Like, go to bed at, like, third quarter because it's it's that much of a layup. I just don't see where the points come from. And the Cooper Rush-Daniel Jones, that was a immortal showdown between those two. Um, the total opened at 40 and a half. It's down to 39. I mean, tell me this doesn't scream 17-13. But I think I said that about Browns uh, Steelers on Thursday night, and that did not quite materialize. Um, you can see Micah Parsons wrecking this game with the, under the primetime lights. Giants defense is not bad. Um, I think I think Brian Dable has has will be able to scheme up enough for the Giants to have some success. Obviously not early, as we've seen the Giants come out of the gate struggling offensively. I just wonder if Cooper Rush can do it again. Remember last year, he carved up Minnesota on Halloween, and then Dak was back. 
right? So he didn't play that much. Now that there's a game of Cooper here, a game of Cooper last year on tape, I think the Giants will be a little more ready for what he's got. I'm hoping for a big game fantasy-wise from Tony Pollard, so hopefully he's lined up in the slot and in the backfield and getting touches. And my son needs him as well to overcome a 23-point deficit. And he's clinging to a lead and has Pollard, but the other guy has three, I think, C.D. Lamb, Zeke Elliott, and Dalton Schultz. Listen, when you're playing 11-year-olds in fantasy, guys draft their favorite team's players. (laughs) This guy has three Cowboys. At any rate, I'm just going with the under 39. You're not getting the best number, but... I see this being one of these slobber knocker primetime unders. If you ask me for a side, I would take the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I just don't know how the – I don't think the Giants at this stage are capable of being favored over anybody. They were lucky to take down Carolina and, and really held on there. And then the ineptitude of Tennessee and the two-point conversion, Tennessee missed the field goal. Like, Dara Fugazi, 2-0. So – I'll take the Cowboys and the under. You guys have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.